How can we as entrepreneurs create and grow an online business that generates consistent income so we can live a comfortable lifestyle without working crazy hours? This podcast is designed to answer that question. I'm your host, Haley Burkhead. Thank you for tuning in and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I'm so excited that you are on this show. I know we have become pretty close over the past few months. You know, I no, we did a summit together, didn't we? Yeah, we two did. Years ago. Yeah, with um with Liz White. Yes. 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 We did. And and then whenever we started revamping our profit planner lounge uh, partner program, I was like, oh. No, I, because our audiences are just so great. And then I started stalking you again and like getting to know your brand. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. So um, thank you for coming on the show. I'm excited for what we're going to be talking about for client onboarding. Before we dive in, would you mind telling everyone who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So first, thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Nisha and I teach freelance web and graphic designers how to streamline and simplify their business so that they can stop stressing so much Mm -hmm. and fall back in love with design again. So I'm really happy to be talking with you because I feel like you talk about a lot of um, ways to simplify and automate, but more the money side and I'm more the systems side. So it's just a perfect fit. Yep. I love it. I love it. And I know you have a very specific system on the client onboarding process. And you know, inside the Profit Plano Lounge, we talk about your lead generators and your sales generators and all that kind of stuff. And the onboarding is if any of you guys are in the lounge, you'll, you'll probably visually see these post-it notes in your mind right now for the chart that we create together. But once you generate that sell, if your systems are not in place afterwards, then it's going to be really hard to get that person to refer you or come back to you in the future and have a really good experience. And a lot of people think that if you automate this, it's actually making you your client think that you're a robot. And that's not true. Like we can create solid systems that will allow you to love on your client even more in a way... Um, in a way that doesn't make you want to rip your hair out. (laughs) So I'm excited to go over this uh, today. Where do you recommend someone start? So let's say Sally Sue books you. What's Mm -hmm. the first thing that Sally Sue needs to do or you need to do? Okay, well, first of all, they need to understand exactly like you said, that whereas they've automated all of the the front end of their business and their marketing, that's all good to go. You don't just stop there because that's your first impression, but your client onboarding process is the second impression that you Mm -hmm. make on your clients. And it can make or break things. It literally can. If Mm -hmm. someone gets in touch with you and it's all just a chaotic mess, you don't have systems, you don't have a process in place, and they've also contacted somebody else because let's face it, we all go to more than one person when we're looking for quotes for coaching and design photography, things like that. I'm always going to hire the person that's got their stuff together on the back end as well, because I know that if I'm working with them long term, even if it's just for a few weeks, I don't want to be stressing out for those few weeks. I want someone to act together. So the first thing that you should have in place when someone gets in touch with you is an autoresponder. So In case anyone's listening thinking, I don't quite know what that is, it's basically an automatic email that goes out from your email service provider. So something like Gmail, um, all all email service providers offer them. And it's an automatic email that goes out to everyone who emails you. 
So what I tell people to do is use their autoresponder to tell inquirers when they can expect to hear back from you, how long that's going to take, and also remind them where they can view your pricing list and maybe where they can view your FAQ page. Because more often than not, people get really excited when they land on your website if you're a service-based business owner and don't read through everything that you'd like them to read through. So maybe they skipped the FAQ page where most of their questions are answered. And if so, you can just gently nudge them, remind them to go back and check that out while they're waiting for you to respond to their initial inquiry. That way, you cut out a lot of the back and forth conversation that you both have through email when they first inquired, and that just gets you faster towards them booking you. The whole point of this is to remove as many of those um, questions as possible, like answer them up front straight away so that they can book you really quickly because if they're chatting to you for way too long and they're just constantly having to pull information from you instead of you providing them easily quickly and simply with the information up front it's just going to put them off from hiring you and if they've contacted somebody else who is dealing with this process a lot faster they're going to go with that person totally anticipating their needs before they even know that it's a need Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's going to blow their mind. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> the thing is as well is that if you're a creative business owner, which I know some of you listening may yeah. be, so that would be a photographer, designer, a writer, somebody like mm-hmm. that, we have a reputation for not being organized. <laughs> right. So if you can you know, get on it when it comes to organizing your business, even with simple steps like using an autoresponder to send this information to potential clients, it makes you stand out so, so much from your competitors because nobody else is really good at being organized. Mm. So it's just a great way for you to blow your potential clients' minds, stand out, and just make sure that they choose you over somebody else. I love it because no one wants to work with a hot mess, you know? Yeah. Like we can, we can joke about being a hot mess all day long, but whenever it comes to business, it's not a joke. Like no one wants to hop on that hot mess express train with you, girlfriend. So <laughs> let's hop off that train and let's get on a different train that uh, is a little bit more automated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen to that. Okay, so we have decided we're not going to be a hot mess anymore. We're going to have a really good autoresponder email that's going to anticipate their needs. Now what? Okay, so then you would send them your first reply. And inside of your first reply, you'll send a quote. You'll ask them to schedule a free consultation call. And you'll send them to your onboarding page. So first of all, if we take a look at the sending a quote, um, section of this. I say send the quote for those people who um, don't list their pricing on their website. This would be the time when you send that. But I personally always advise service-based business owners to list their pricing on their site simply because everyone that I talk to, and myself included, I don't reach out to, to creatives if I don't have an idea of what their pricing is already, because I just think that it's kind of pointless. If there's somebody else who's just as talented as them and I can see that I can afford them, I'm going to try and reach out to them first. Yep. So I always say list your pricing on your site if you can and package your services up if you can, because again, that saves a bunch of back and forth conversations 
in the client onboarding process. And it shows confidence. It's like, these are my prices. I believe in them and I believe in myself. Exactly. It shows confidence. And it also stops people from getting in touch with you who can't afford you. Because so many people say to me, you know, I'm getting clients Mm -hmm. inquiring. They just can't afford me. Well, if you tell them up front how much you cost, it will put off those people from getting in touch with you in the first place. So that you've got high quality leads coming into that client onboarding process. I think what scares people is that they want everyone to contact them because they know that if they do, they would adjust their prices on the back end for those people that can't afford their services. And if you're approaching it with that mindset, that is a recipe for disaster. Let me tell you, you are going to be working long hours and your profit plan is going to, you're going to look at it and be like, oh, I need to raise my prices. I need to list my price. And like, that's the only way to fix this problem is being super confident in your prices and then templatizing things on the back end. So you're like, I know it's worth this much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that it all comes down to mindset when it comes to listing your prices on your site or not. But honestly, if you just go for it, it really, it really doesn't make that big of a difference in how many inquiries you get. It just means you get higher quality inquiries. Yep. But um, yeah, so you would send them a quote if you need to. If you've got your pricing on your site, that's fine. You can just remind them of how much the cost is of the package they're interested in. And then I mentioned scheduling a free consultation call. So I like to use a, an app called Calendly. I know that you, Haley, use Acuity Scheduling, yep, right? we do. Yep. We do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you can just use something like that to mm-hmm. just make sure that you don't have to send back and forth a million emails trying to figure out what is the best time to have a call with this person. And, and then Dubsado has a scheduler coming out or already has yes. come out too. Do you use Dubsado? I do. Yeah. We recommend it here. Scheduler. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love Dubsado and they have a scheduler too. So I guess it's free with that tool if you already have Dubsado. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're already paying for Dubsado, that's awesome. You can, you can use that feature of Dubsado. And then, yeah, so I say to send your potential clients to an onboarding page. And an onboarding page is basically a page on your website that provides your client with a bit of extra information. So any extra information that they might need before they decide to book their spot inside of your schedule. So this could be your work hours. This could be how long they'll have to wait to receive replies to their emails during this process. This could be a more detailed look at your process because my audience, for instance, I teach web and graphic designers. And so I always advise them on the services page to give us a very brief look at the process, but don't overwhelm the potential client because that's, they shouldn't be focusing on that at that point in, in the process. So wait until they've reached out to you and then you can provide them with a bit more detail on your process on your onboarding page. And you can also add your availability and your pricing there. So you're basically just reiterating the information that was included in your autoresponder and your services page, giving a bit more detail, but giving it all in one neat and easy to access space for your clients. So I, I truly believe that sending clients an onboarding page will cut down on the amount of questions that they ask you before booking you. Plus, it just shows how, how pro you are. I, I always think it just looks super pro and super yeah. branded. And again, it makes you stand out from other service-based creatives that they've reached out to already. I love that. So we send them this onboarding page. We mm-hmm. have a scheduler. Is this when we get on a call with them? How do you recommend that work? 
Yes, exactly. So you can use the scheduler to book your call. And then I recommend getting on the call and just making sure that you take notes. So I don't, so I'm not going to go too much into the whole marketing side of convincing them, you know, to hire you. But what I would say when it comes to uh, making sure that you streamline that part of your process um, is to make sure that on these client consultation calls, you're making note of any red flags that come up throughout the call. Because most, most business owners view these calls as just an opportunity for the client to get to know them or for the client to understand if this is a good fit for them, which it is. They definitely need that call to decide that. But you also need to use it to see whether this client is a good fit for you. Because sometimes I find that business owners can be so desperate for work that they will take on anybody, even if that person is giving off signs that this is going to be an awful collaboration. <laughs> And so I, um, I provide my students, but I guess you can make this yourself as well. So I provide them inside my course with like, it's called a client scorecard. Oh, I so love that. Basically rank different things about the conversation out of 10. And then we add it up at the end and we can see based on the total out of a hundred, how good of a fit the client is. So there are certain things that I tell people to look out for in that client scorecard. Like when you start talking about your deposit payment, for instance, in the consultation call, if you take a non-refundable deposit to secure the client's spot in your schedule, how does the client react to that? Are they saying, could I, could I maybe not pay the deposit? Or are they getting funny about that part of it? Because if so, you just know that they're going to be funny about paying up for the rest of the project or somebody may be um, let's think so somebody may not really be respecting your timelines so you may have said on your site you may have said on your onboarding page that it takes six weeks to go through your process but this client is not taking that and they are just wanting to rush the, rush the process and do it in three weeks if that doesn't work for you it's little things like this that you take yep. note of and don't just brush to one side, but actually have a scorecard in place that you can use for every one of your calls so that afterwards you can just look at it mm -hmm. and see whether this client really is best for you or whether you should just turn them down. Yeah. And I love that because it gives you some kind of data to look at and then it helps you make a gut call. I think a lot of us get caught up in our emotions a lot and we're getting like, oh, I just feel a certain way and I feel, I feel, I feel, but like, what does it look like? Like the, it's kind of like creating a spreadsheet for how the call went in a way, but yeah. in a more f a scorecard sounds a lot more sexier than <laughs> as you know spreadsheet. But immediately my mind goes to that. But yeah, I love 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 that. Yeah, I think it's great because, like you said, sometimes it can be hard to trust your gut. Yeah, especially if you really do need work. And uh, one of my students actually said the other day to me that she used this scorecard for the first time with a potential client the other day. And it was someone who usually after this kind of, con after this kind of conversation, she would have just taken them on. But because of the scorecard, she was able to rank them. And she realized mm. at the end that, oh my gosh, this person is not for me. But she was just really surprised because usually she totally would have taken them on. So I think- How amazing. Yeah. What a quick little transformation. I love that. How quick of a win that scorecard is. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Amazing. Okay. So we're on the call. If we don't book them, then how do we suggest, is this just a simple email that we're like, Hey, I don't think we're a good fit. How do we word that email? Yeah. 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 Just be really respectful and just say to them that you don't think that you're a good fit for them, but, and then that's where you would say, if you do have somebody else, for instance, in mind who could take them on, then recommend them. So for instance, if it's an issue of they can't really afford you or they're getting a bit, you know, um, antsy about how much you cost, then that would be a good time for you to recommend someone that you know in your industry who charges less than you. But that's what, yeah. that's what I would say with that situation. I, I love that. And, and then if it's a yes, how do we move forward with that? So different people kind of tackle this in different ways. I personally don't like to ask someone point blank on a consultation call if they want to book my services. I always prefer to say to them, um, okay, within the next 15 minutes, I'm going to send you an email that will include a link to my contract and a link to your invoice where you can pay the non-refundable 30% deposit that we spoke about. Um, and then I give them, so the, the invoice that I send, it kind of times out after 24 hours. So certain apps that you use can do that. So I like to tell them that they have 24 hours to talk it over with the husband or partner, whatever they need to do or think about it um, before the contract and the invoice times out. Uh, but then, yes, I just send them that email after the call. They've got everything they need inside the email to book their spot. So they've got that link to the contract. They've got that link to the invoice. And at the end of the email, they've got a what happens next section where I tell them exactly what will happen after they have done those two things with the contract and the deposit. Because um, you don't want to be, for, throughout, your, throughout your client onboarding process, you don't want to be making your clients second guess what's going to happen next because oftentimes they've never worked with someone like you before or if it's a big investment then they're kind of worried about it but if you can just stay really organized and on top of things and always be telling them what's going to happen next it just takes a weight off of their shoulders and it also just continuously reminds your potential clients with each of these little details how professional you are I love that. So is, that's so funny that you don't like say, okay, are we working together? Because I am a little bit bold. <laughs> yeah, but you should go for it if you're bold. I'm like, let's go for it. Whenever I used to do calls, and I wonder what your conversion rate is. I'm so curious with that. But um, when I used to do calls, I said, okay, uh -huh. well, um, if, you would, if you'd like to book, do you know if you want to book? And I'll make sure to put you on my calendar right now. If you don't, I'll go ahead and send you an email. And that like makes them think, ooh. And I would say at least 70% of people were like, yeah, put me, on, put me on your calendar. And that way it was like that, but it was subtle. So it's like if they said no, it was fine. I still sent them an email. It wasn't like, you know, like a dude bro marketing and yeah. showing up in your Facebook ad feed. It wasn't like that vibe, but it was a bold vibe, but yeah. Okay. So what was your conversion rate typically on calls to booked clients? Yeah. It was usually around a 70% mark as well. Mm, I love that. I, think, I kind of have this theory that it depends on who your target market is. Definitely. Definitely. You work with, down. like bolder types of business owners. I think that the bold approach really, really works yep. well with them. Whereas if you tend to work with, I don't even know, like more introverts, I guess. Yep. Yep. Sometimes they 
just they need to think freaked <laughs> they need when to you process. ask them on the spot or they feel a bit more pressured so I guess it just depends on who you are yep also who your target market is and the approach that you take with that but I always say that there's never a right or wrong way totally. to do business it just comes down to what suits you and what suits your market and like what makes you feel more confident because you yeah. know if, if you were probably a little bit bold you would probably feel like you're crawling out of your skin and so that would not leave a great impression so yeah if you feel like the approach that i said would make you feel like you're crawling out of your skin yeah there's no wrong approach to that for sure yeah i'm gonna recap real quick because we okay. just covered a lot i know and i have been Go writing notes it. I'm like making a graph over here. I have my rectangles that have arrows on it. Okay, so my first rectangle, um, no one wants to work with a hot mess. Get your systems together. That's just like disclaimer. Two, mm -hmm. um, auto. so they fill out the application, an autoresponder email and query that, in, that anticipates their needs, and then we're going to send them to, I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, we're going to send them our first reply that has an onboarding page with extra info expectations what our process looks like and also before they even get to this point we're listing our prices on our website so when they do see the onboarding page they already know how much we charge before we send them our scheduler link which is that call and then whenever we're on a call we're going to use our client scorecard that she talked about then it's a choose your own adventure situation it's like Pretty are much. you going to choose no are you going to choose yes i don't know Whenever you choose no, we're going to refer them to someone else. And if you choose yes, contract, invoice, and then what happens next? I think yes. that was an amazing system that you just walked us through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's like one last step that I want to talk you guys through. <gasps> Yay. Awesome. <laughs> Which is sending them to your welcome page. <gasps> so you may I have heard. This. Yeah. You may have heard of a welcome page or a packet. Some people have yep. heard of them. Some people haven't. But basically, it's a page that lists everything that your client needs to know about working with you effectively, and it outlines mm. your processes, policies, and boundaries. And some people often ask me, if I have a contract that outlines my policies, then why do I need to include that information on my welcome page? And I always say it's because nine times out of 10, your client won't read your whole contract. No, <laughs> just who reads contract. contracts? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't read contracts. I so this is the place where you would put the most important parts of yep. that contract, but word them in a much easier to understand way. Yep. So yep. I, I would love say that. That on your welcome page, the first thing you'll include is a video tutorial of how to use your project management tool. If you use mm. one with your clients. I love that. So, Yes, if you use Asana or Trello or something like that with your clients, now would be a great time to train them how to use it because I guarantee that they will not use it if you don't train them. Yep. And then you'll also need to outline what you need from your client before the project can begin. So taking the perspective of designers again, most web designers will need your website copy and your photography before the start date of the project. Um, or if you're a coach, for instance, maybe you need them to complete a questionnaire before the project. So make sure that you link to that homework or you tell them what that homework is on their welcome page. And then you can also add things like your payment policies, which again should be in your contract, yep. but word them in a better, easier to understand way on your welcome page. And also outline some feedback guidelines. So tell your clients a few pointers 
that will help them to provide you with great quality feedback. Because what you don't want when you're working with a client is for them to be giving you one word answers when you're trying to right. get deeper feedback. From right. Them. <laughs> yeah. It looks so, good. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't like it. Or yeah. Could you make it more funky? Well, it's like these, these things are good. Right. But you need to go into more detail if you want to really get great results from whoever you've hired. Yep. So yeah, just provide some feedback guidelines. And also lastly, provide some communication boundaries. So just be sure on your welcome page to tell them your work hours, your work days, and how long it will take you and your team to get back to the client. Yep. I love that. So legal expectations, deadlines, and communication, those are some main categories to put on your welcome page. My rectangle graph just got a whole lot bigger. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Those are just a few things you can put on your welcome page. There are a few other things, but if you want to keep it really simple, you can just um, stick with those for you. Yeah. God, thank you. Okay. So we've gone through this entire onboarding system let's say, you know, we've managed them. What are just a few tips? Like, let's say your top three tips for offboarding clients. So my top three tips for offboarding would be number one to don't just say bye to them and then leave them to figure out uh, what you've created for them by themselves. So for instance, if you have, if you're a photographer and you provided them with photography, don't just send them their photos and then be like, Adios. Like, no. Instead, what you should do, and my photographer did it with me and I loved it. She sent me like a one page PDF that showed me different places that I could use my photos and what I would use each file type for. Or if you're a designer, don't just give them a website, dump it on them and then run. Because what you should be doing instead is just quickly training your client how to use their website. And what this will do is it will eliminate lots of questions that your clients will give you after the project is complete. It will eliminate all of those millions of questions that you might be getting right now and making you feel like your projects have never really ended. Um, Another thing that you could do with project handoff is provide your client with, um, like a a client area on your website. If you maybe don't want to do one-on-one training with them or something, provide them with a client area on your site that has a few tutorials that helps them to move on from where you left them. And yeah, my last tip for project handoff would be to send your clients a parting gift. This is totally up to you, up to the people that are listening to this. You don't have to do this, but I think it's such a great touch because a client parting gift is something that they are just not expecting. So it's just a bit of snail mail in the post and it just lights up your client's day. And it's, it's just a great way to remind them that you actually care about them. You're not just taking their money. You're actually, you actually care about how they think of you and the thing is it doesn't need to cost that much money so depending on how much you charge so if you charge for a high ticket program for instance then you can spend more on your client parting gift so I would suggest in those instances get them something like branded cupcakes Mm. or branded donuts because they 
they're usually, so the company, I can't remember the name of them, but I recommend in my course um, for branded cupcakes. It's like $29 for four cupcakes with oh, your customer's logo on them. And I think that that is just such a nice gesture to make because who yeah. has ever sent them branded cupcakes before? Right. I yeah. love that. So you could do something like that. Or if you just want to keep it um, more cost effective and more simple, just send them a cute postcard. But mm -hmm. make sure that your logo isn't splashed all over the front of it. Make sure that it's something they actually want to put on their memo board, for instance, or on their fridge. Because, oh, that's a good point. Yes. Because I don't know about you, Haley, but whenever someone has sent me a postcard with their logo or like splashed all over the front of it, I don't tend to keep it. Or if I do, yep. I don't put it up anywhere in my home. Right. Yeah. But people who have sent me really cute quotes, for instance... I oh, always that's a good idea. Up. Yeah, I always put those up on my memo board. And whenever I take them down and look at them, the logo is on the back of the card mm. and along with the email address and the website of the person that I worked with. I love so that. I always think that's a really nice way to wrap up your projects. Yeah, wow. Um, this was a massive system. I just feel like I need to create some kind of visual graphic to put all this information in, in a beautiful <laughs> color-coded um, flowchart. Thank you for spilling all of all of being like so transparent about the system that you recommend. And thank you. Is there anything else that you feel like we might have left out? I think we're good to be honest. I feel like <laughs> I feel covered like a lot. It might have covered a lot, but I hope that people find it helpful in in just making sure that they streamline their client onboarding process. Okay, so now that you've gone through the system and they're like um, wow, she's so, she's such a genius. Where can they stalk you? Where can they find you and hang out with you? <laughs> so they can find me over at nishawillery.com. It's N-E-S-H-A. And yeah, you can come and hang out with me over there or I'm at Nisha Willery on Instagram. I'm always posting stories on there. So you're welcome to come and hang out with me in my stories. And I mainly teach freelance web and graphic designers, but if you're another type of creative as well, it's cool. You can come and <laughs> hang out with me anyway. <laughs> She'll still be your friend. <laughs> yes, we can still be friends. <laughs> Nisha's amazing, guys. You, you're going to love her. Definitely go uh, become better friends with her and go hang out with her on Instagram. Her stories are awesome. And we'll definitely, we'll leave all the links in the show notes. So if you're, you know, busy right now, come back to our show notes and we'll have all of those links so you can go hang out with her pretty easily there. Okay. Thank you again, and we'll be talking soon. Thank you for choosing to spend time with me today. You are incredible for raising your hand to being a CEO and not settling for the hustle-heavy lifestyle of the modern-day entrepreneur. Now, every single month, we have an Amazon gift card drawing for the amazing entrepreneurs that leave us a review on iTunes. Leaving a review helps us get in front of more people which allows this movement to spread wider and grow faster. So leave a review right now, drop what you're doing, leave that amazing review so that you can win the chance to have an Amazon gift card. And also just thanks for sharing this show or this specific episode with a friend or just sharing on Instagram stories. You are helping us accomplish this mission of giving more entrepreneurs control of their time and control of their money. You play such a massive role and I appreciate everything you do. I will talk to you very soon on the next episode and until then, keep killing it.